Alright, what is going on everybody? Welcome to episode number 31 now of the All Day Cincinnati Sports Podcast. I am Parker Fields here as always with my co-host Donnie Menke. Donnie, how are you doing my guy? Pretty good man, excited to talk about Burrow finally beating the Browns so we don't have to, to talk about him being winless against them again. <laughs> that was a, we talk real quick again? Yeah, what? Okay, you're good now. For some reason your your audio was behind, did you see that too? Your audio was behind your like talk, your mouth moving. It looked weird. You're good now. <laughs> it, it now fixed. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a hell of a win yesterday. Bengals fans, we were all very happy. Um, you don't know if your weekend was complete or not, depending on if you support Xavier or UC, of course, because uh, that that game. We'll t- we'll get into that at the end of the episode for a little bit. But that game was insane. I, that was best college basketball game I've ever been to. Uh, the Bengals look great though. Really, all three phases of the team played well. Drew Chrisman continuing to punt the ball better than Kevin Huber. Um, defense looked really solid yesterday. Uh, really stopped the run great, which was so impressive against that elite run game. And, of course, Nick Chubb out there. That was so impressive. And just overall, a really good win by this team. Really impressed by them yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it was one that you really needed to have because if you lose this one, then all of a sudden you're a game back in the division race. You – suddenly have a it gets harder to beat the Browns in future games if you don't get this one and it, it's it's great for momentum man five in a row like that's mm-hmm. the first five game win streak for them since 2015 yeah that was a good year 2015 before Andy Dalton got hurt and AJ McCarron sucked um that game was huge. Honestly, get the monkey off your back of the Browns curse. Looks like we couldn't beat the Browns for a while there. And, of course, the Bengals came through one yesterday. Five in a row, like you said. Got Tom Brady, the GOAT, and the Bucks who are struggling. Tom is not looking too good either. Um, they really should be five and eight. They're six and seven. But that Saints game was just – if Taysom Hill catches a pass and doesn't just drop a third down pass, the game's over. Or if Mark Ingram just didn't run out of bounds like a wuss, um, game's over. So, uh, yeah, we got the Bucks coming up. That's going to be a good game just because it's Tom Brady. I don't really think we're going to blow them out like what just happened. I think it'll have to be a hard-fought battle. Hopefully it's not as ugly as the Bucks like to play because their offense is horrible this year, and it's just ugly football. It's like watching Let's Ride Russell Wilson, damn near. But um, Tom Brady just comes up clutch in the end, whereas the Broncos lose close. Tom wins them at the end. That's why their record's not bad. I mean, it's six and seven, but it's not horrible, obviously, because Tom Tom comes through in the clutch a, f- a few times in some games that looked like were lost for them. But just look at the game yesterday. The Bengals played great. They held Nick Chubb to 14 carries, 34 yards, uh, just averaging uh, 2.4 yards per carry, long of 13, too. So besides that, 13 of tw- for 21. Just great defensive game plan going in uh, against that run game. Kareem Hunt only had four carries for six yards as well. We let Deshaun Watson run the ball a little bit, six carries, 33 yards, but, I mean, uh, nothing too bad there. They randomly brought in Jacoby Brissett to throw a deep ball on fourth and one. I don't really know what that was about. That was kind of weird. Was that to throw us off like they were going to run Jacoby Brissett read option? Like, what was that? That's what it looked like, but, man, I get people's Jones was open, so why not leave Deshaun in? Deshaun's mobile, clearly. Yeah. Like, he can can, can run. He's in the game and pass it. That's the thing that made no sense to me. If you're going to like bring one in to run, Deshaun's the one who's fast. Jacoby Brissett is not that mobile. He's not like, it's not like he's like Tom out there, but he can move. But like Deshaun's like legitimately fast. (laughs) Yeah. And yet Deshaun 
check out for Jacoby to throw a deep ball? That made no sense to me. I, I didn't get that. He was wide open, though. He missed that pass. Um, our run game, take a look at Joe Mixon, 14 carries, 96 yards. He heard the noise, everybody, like some not so intelligent fans out there saying Samaje Piran should be the starter. We we both yeah, thought Piran should get more of a load, obviously, and it should be more of a split, yeah. but I was still thinking like 70-30 Mixon. And that's really what it looked yeah. like. Piran gets a lot of the load on passing downs. Um, uh, he only caught one of his five targets yesterday, but he gets more of the load on the passing downs. And Mixon's in there a lot of times on the running downs, and that's why he ends up 14 carries and Piran has four. Mixon impressed the hell out of me yesterday. That long run, how long was that? Let me look. That was a 40 yard. 40. That he looked explosive there. He looked like he had a couple yeah, weeks off there. He looked fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Um, and that's why you that's why he's still the starter. P. Yeah, Ryan, exactly. P. Ryan's good, he's steady, but he's not giving you that. P. Ryan would not P. Ryan doesn't have that extra burst that Joe Mixon has. Exactly. P. Ryan can go between the tackles, get you some yards, but he doesn't have that extra burst that Mixon has. Exactly. And that like his touchdown run was nice, but <laughs> That Joe Mixon can make that run too. P. Ryan yeah. can't make that forty-yard run. Exactly. Just that that explosiveness, that extra gear, is why they gave Mixon what was it, ten million dollars a year? Yeah. It's because not a lot of running backs do have that second gear. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that showed Mixon's not really slowing down in the athleticism department quite yet. <laughs> he looked faster. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> he looked he real fast did. there. Um, on the season. He's up to 4.1 yards per carry. From two inflated games, his stats are not even looking bad on the season at all anymore. Like, they're looking pretty solid. And uh, on the year now, he's up to 701 yards in only – how many games has he played then? 10? Well, 11 technically, but 10 10 and a half. He played like – or 10 and a quarter versus the Steelers, which is, I mean – Really nice numbers for Mixon on the season overall. Like, if you take into consideration, he's averaging like 70 yards a game now, which is just crazy from the start he had this season. And he's actually putting up a good year overall now. Yeah, and they looked so bad to start the year. Like, the first, what was it, five weeks, six weeks, they were, yeah. they were the worst rushing efficient, efficiency team in football. Yeah. Like, that's our, not an exaggeration. Joe Mixon our like yards weren't the worst. 35 qualified running backs. Yeah, our yards point. weren't the rest, the worst in the league. But, yeah, like you said, the efficiency. And the only reason the yards weren't the worst is because Zach Taylor does a lot of times try and still get the run game involved. And Mixon would still end up with 15 to 20 carries. Whereas, like, Tom and the Bucks, he'd just say, F it, I'm going to throw 58 times and run the ball twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, you know, 49ers are good enough defense to key on that, which is why they got so many turnovers yesterday. Yeah, that was ugly. Mm. <laughs> Ugh, that was Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy but balling. Of course, but, of course, that means we're going to get a locked-in Brady next week. Oh, yeah, he's going to be That's pinned. next episode. That's next episode. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, yeah, you're right. That is next episode. As far as the game went this week, it still gives you – you still have – you know, that I want to praise that run defense, man. Between they faced Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb and combined to give up 78 yards on 31 carries. That's like 2.32 yards carry against two of the best, two top five rushers in the NFL. That's incredible. DJ Reed, yeah. man, know his name. That dude yeah, was facts. balling yesterday. Big balling. facts. That I uh, was just so impressive. I was just overall super impressed by this team as a whole. 
Like seriously, that was yeah. just an all-around great effort from this team. Just great everything. Like this, even though this wasn't like a blowout and the offense was crazy explosive, this might have been the most impressed I've been in a win this season. Like dominant effort overall. Like yeah. after that first quarter, yeah. the offense was even moving the ball right down the field pretty much every time. Jamar Chase had the loudest 10 catches I've ever seen. I could have sworn he had like a yeah. <laughs> Like when I looked during the game, I was like, he's got to have like, my dad asked me, he's like, how many catches do you have when he had his last one is 10th. I was like, I think like 13 probably. No, he had 10. Didn't it seem like he had a lot more than that? Well, I think one got taken away, but yeah, it, it did. Maybe. No, I think should've, two got taken away. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause the, took the one Jamar and one from Taylor and they had the holding. No, they had the holding catches. Oh yeah. The holding. Right. So he had right. two. So 12 times he actually caught the ball. <laughs> And he was he was targeted 15 times, so 17 if you factor in, or 16 if you factor in the one that they didn't add with the penalty. Catching yeah. 75% of his targets on that volume, I'll take that. Yes, please. Yeah, you think? I'll take that any day of the week. You kidding me? Yeah. That was just that was an amazing effort from this team overall. And the fact we said 12 and 5 at the beginning of the year, that's looking like a strong it's possibility possible. right now. Not, it's definitely possible. You're saying possible. There's only four games left. They only have to win three of them. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, you're you're no, like the under. Saying. You're the underconfident no, that's, guy. That's, I feel like, and I'm the. I'm the. But I mean, that's not what I'm. It's definitely possible. I'm just saying it's hard to win. You know, eight out of nine, which is what they would have to end up doing. It is, but like they already won five, is what I'm saying. So like, you can't just be like, oh, they won five in a row, so now they're gonna lose. I, uh, that's not, yeah, no, that's not what I mean. That's they're gonna just, be the favorites in every game, but the Bills, they'll be the favorites for sure. It's just maybe. We, we I mean, maybe the, the weather. We got to see what the weather's like on Christmas Eve in New England, and got to see what the weather's yeah. like on Monday night against Buffalo. Those are gonna be yeah. gonna be the the biggest chances they have to lose those games. Yeah, I agree. I just I don't think it's gonna be that big of a factor for us because Cincinnati gets cold. It's not like we're from Florida. You know, I'm, no, I mean, it, it's, it's a different level of cold. Yeah, it is. But yeah, um, I'm just like New England's defense is by far the strength of its its team. So like a, a bad bad weather offense is like would play, would play to them more than it would. Cincinnati. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree with that. I was just uh oh somebody's in the chat right now. Do you think Andy Dalton in his prime would succeed in the Bengals' current offense? Yeah, hundred percent. Hope, man. Like Burrow I mean, was playing. He, I, I would hope because he Burrow. had the year uh, that he had that great year. I think he was thirty-three touchdowns, seven picks in twelve games. Yeah, like the MVP candidate year. Yeah, thirty-three touchdowns, seven picks in twelve games, and that these weapons are better are even better. Than, yeah, than Dalton year. would definitely succeed. Yeah, I, I would hope so at least. <laughs> like Burrow is absolutely would, playing yeah. like a top two, three quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah, but Dalton, man, Dalton was considered then like top seven at that point. Like seriously, he yeah. was for for like one season. I remember the top one hundred in the 20, uh, 2015 season. After the season, he was like thirty third in the top one hundred. Andy Dalton was the thirty third best player in the NFL according to his peers. His peers. That's insane. Yeah. that is insane i think i think he would succeed in this current Bengals offense but he wouldn't be playing at the level burrow's playing at right now no i think here's how i would put it i I think think they'd be game with dalton i also think 
Dalton whoops at Dalton would whoop ass when we would play bad teams. I think Dalton would have about the same record, but when we're in those close battles versus really good teams, it's not it's not close. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like saying, maybe he wins that Steelers. Maybe he wins those Steelers and Cowboys games weeks one and two because yeah. he loses Tennessee and Kansas. Yeah, that's City. what I'm saying. At one o'clock, prime Andy Dalton was nasty. <laughs> like seriously, he was. He was for a couple. Yeah, of he years. was. He but a lot of people once you switch it to eight for a while, once you switch it to eight on a Sunday or Monday, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Thursday he was bad. He had that one horrific game versus the Browns. I remember that game was so bad. But uh, do you remember oh, that? God, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't always terrible on Thursday. But Monday or Sunday, oh God. Yeah, I remember yeah. we 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 were four and one in 2018. They flexed us to the Sunday night football game versus the five and zero Chiefs and the rookie, technically rookie year of Patrick Mahomes. Well, technically second year, but really rookie year of Patrick Mahomes. And uh, they laid an ass whooping on him. I barely knew how Patrick yeah. Mahomes was. Like, obviously, I knew him from the beginning of the season, but, like, nobody really knew him that much yet, and he just – Yeah, that was (laughs) – That was bad. That was so bad. You remember that game? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was – And we were, like, four and one. Yeah. We were four and one, and then we were six and three, and then we ended the year seven and nine. Because – I I remember losing all hope for the year after that game. It's like, well, man, even – If we make the playoffs, we're going to get whooped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember we were six and three. I think Dalton got hurt when we were six and four. And then we just, Jeff Driscoll lost pretty much every game, but like the last week of the season, he was horrible. Yeah. And it oh, ended up working out, but yeah, that was rough. By the way, in the moment. did you see that? Did you see the Texans game yesterday? They randomly yeah, would bring in Jeff Driscoll. Like, yeah, they, I think he might have actually led them in, like, for. He might have led them in snaps at quarterback. I don't remember, but they were running. Oh no, no, no! By committee yesterday. No, he did not lead. Mills played a lot more. I know that. I was actually kind of flipping between that game on Sunday ticket, like on like my laptop. Yeah, Mills. Mills had twenty one attempts. Jeff Driscoll had six. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was. It wasn't that close. They just. No, Driscoll had thirteen snaps. He had seven, or at least thirteen snaps because he had seven carries too. Yeah, and he definitely handed it off some too, but I'm pretty sure Mills had like 40 snaps. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm just, yeah. They would bring Driscoll in for the read option. Exactly. Throwback yesterday. Yeah, that was was really weird. I don't really know what the intention of that. Well, like, what's the point? Like, Jeff Driscoll's like in his 30s, career journeyman backup. You know, Davis Mills, like – at some points, people thought he was the best quarterback in this class. <laughs> like, like seriously. Like, yeah. at the beginning of the year, when they went into the Colts and tied and stuff, people were like, is he looking? And they were still looking like shit, the other guys from the class. But, um, I mean, Trevor Lawrence obviously has definitely stepped up his game in the recent weeks and is showing why he was the number one pick and one of the most hyped-up prospects ever. <laughs> and, just, and Justin Fields is looking like a legit NFL starter, too. But yeah. the rest of that class is looking rough. Mac Jones, is, oh Mac Mac Jones is okay. He's not. Yeah, guy. he's 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 an Andy Dalton or Kirk Cousins. He's gonna be a starter for like ten years, and then eventually he's gonna be the bridge quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he's an Andy Dalton or a, maybe not just because he's with Belichick, but I don't know. Is Belichick gonna coach till he's eighty? Maybe. Who knows? He might. Um, getting back to the That's Bengals though. Knows. 
Yeah, yeah facts. Get back to the Bengals though. I uh, with this game, my big thing like after watching it and then like watching the highlights later on and stuff. Didn't mean to do that. What the okay? There we go. Um, <laughs> didn't didn't mean to do that. But my big thing with that game was just how impressive the defense looked. Like Jesse Bates had that pick. Of course, he's can't come alive in recent weeks. Yeah. We're we're forcing a lot more turnovers as a defense recently. And overall, we're just – the defense has been maybe the best unit on the team this year. Like, seriously, they've been great all season. They've been more consistent, for sure. You know what you're going to get out of them give, every week. I still give that to the offense. But uh, that defense more consistent? is absolutely stepping up. Consistency-wise? Well, I mean, Bengals' offense hasn't really been slacking lately. No, not like, lately. You know. But I'm saying all year, like, the defense hasn't had really – have they have one game where they're just horrible? I don't really think so. I mean, the first Cleveland game. Yeah, and they I mean, let up 30 to and they let up I don't, I don't know, though. That was 25. They gave up 25. I mean, Burrow did turn the ball over like three times. Yeah, I mean, Sam, the offense since that Cleveland game has scored 42-37. It should be 23 against Tennessee, but that penalty wiped the field goal off the board. 27, yeah. 23 again. Like that offense has been consistently moving the ball well. The defense mm-hmm. is doing well enough. It's just, I'd say the offense is the better unit, more consistent. Yeah, maybe defense, but that that's, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. the offense has been the better unit. I was just saying, like, you know what you're going to get from them every single week. Like the, the offense has had a couple slip ups and run ups. I'm saying the defense all season long really hasn't had any games where somebody just went out and torched them. Even the Browns, they didn't torch them. It took a while for them to get going. Like, we haven't had anybody do what we've done to other teams offensively to us defensively this year at all. Like, nobody's just came out on fire. Yeah, the the, the defense in the Pittsburgh game, they only allowed 16. They only allowed 20 to Dallas. And after the first quarter, they allowed six. Like, they just got off to a rough start. They allowed, they've allowed under 20. They've given up under 20 so far against Pittsburgh, the Jets. Dolphins, the Ravens, the Falcons, then the uh, the Titans, and then the Browns. Like they've allowed under twenty quite a few times this season. Yeah, they scoring metrics we're definitely up there, like as a top defense. It's just yardage. We give up some yards because they do to go with that bend don't break philosophy. He gives up some field goals and everything, but we're hard as hell to score on once you get down there. Really hard. I mean, that play yesterday by Cam Taylor Britt in the end zone on Peoples Jones. What a play by him breaking yeah. that up. Yep. He's oh, impressing fantastic. the hell out of me. I feel like our player development is really good in Cincinnati. It's it's definitely been a lot better. Like it, it's been, been really better. good. That whole Dalton era before before like the last three years of it. Before that, their player development was insanely good too. And then yeah. there's a couple of years draft bus like Billy Price and all those guys in there. But like mm-hmm. There's been a lot. I mean, we've developed most of our stars who have been here. Like, seriously. Oh, yeah. Taylor Boyd into the next. And they have, I mean, Tyler Boyd was what? what? What round was he? He was second. He was a second rounder? I was thinking he was like a yeah. fourth. I was tripping, man. If you, if you offense, though, they've, they they drafted Chase. If you want to be a good Boyd, receiver, if they, you want to be a good receiver, we might have the best player development they, for receivers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. AJ Green, Marvin Jones Jr., Muhammad Sanu. All three of them drafted. Tyler Boyd. Undrafted or drafted? I think undrafted. Pretty sure. About 99% sure. Because I think I looked him up the other day. 
on the stats. The Dolphins had him on the practice squad, and then the Bengals snatched him. Um, okay. After he got released, and then uh, Trent Taylor is a good like he's serviceable, but Mixon obviously was drafted. Mm-hmm. Burrow drafted. Wilcox they've had forever. Will- Williams was drafted. Bolson was drafted. Like Hubbard was drafted. Taylor Britt was drafted. I mean, Bates was drafted. Wilson was drafted. Pratt was drafted. Like they've done a really good job of building themselves. Like mm-hmm. probably better than probably better than average at, at worst. Oh well, so, uh, yeah, I was gonna I, say at worst. I I can't I can't you know go much much further without looking at other NFL teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rates and stuff, but you know, that's yeah, gotta be a good hit rate. That's what. Oh yeah, just based off starters. Yeah, without looking at any other teams, just based off like the eye test, what you would think, you'd think they have a pretty good, like, not farm system, yeah. but development team over there. Um, Receiving-wise, Trent Nerwin had that huge play on that flea flicker from Joe Mixon pitch to Joe Burrow. Uh, he got – I mean, he looked really good. He's looking like he's, he's definitely taken over as that fourth receiver. Like, when we need somebody else in there, Irwin looks like he's the guy. I mean, they'll get Taylor like yeah. a jet sweep or something. I, I, I yeah, I like I like Trent Irwin. He's got a little pretty nice skill set actually. He runs good routes, got good hands. He's got a nice skill set. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. He um, and shoot, he only had two catches and had almost half the yardage Chase did. Like he's, yeah. he's clearly got some big threat. That flea flicker was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, that was one of the most beautiful plays I've ever seen. Like that's how you draw that shit up. That was literally executed. Exactly. I don't think, yeah, I don't that think was, I've ever seen a better executed one. No, just up. like play in general. Like, that was so executed so well. Like, Mixon was just so smooth with the pitch. And as soon as Burrow got it back in his hands, he just like released it. It looks so effortless. Yeah, it's like he was like, first read. Wait, is Irwin yeah. wide open? Okay. <laughs> and Burrow doesn't even have like one of those like just flick it releases. And he kind of like, it looked kind of like a Rodgers flick it on that pass. It just looked like really. A little bit, yeah. Really nice looking, really beautiful throw. Um, this team overall, though, like like we said, great win. Talk a little bit about the Browns before we get into the crosstown shootout. Um, where do they go from here, Donnie? Deshaun Watson's looking meh. Do you think it's Rust? Do you think he's just not good anymore? What do you think? I think Rust, I think he doesn't know the playbook yet, which, you know, he should by this point. It's kind yeah. of concerning because he was missing open guys. He had one or two plays where it's like, uh, how does he keep doing this? Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he was not good. Like, he he just wasn't. He had that pick where he absolutely stared down people's Jones that we talked about. Like, Bates made a great break on the ball and a great catch. but Yeah, that pass was bad. Boston, he was staring Boston. at yeah. him. I knew where he was going with the football the whole play. If I knew <laughs> that, I can only imagine what – Donnie could have picked it. You wish you were out there playing safety. <laughs> that would have been sick. I'm not that athletic. Um, (laughs) um, but dude if i knew where the ball was going you knew bates knew where the ball oh yeah 100 percent. he they clearly still don't have all the trust in him like why is Brissett throwing that pass on fourth yeah what was that that was weird stupid i don't know i don't know if that's coaching or if that's they don't trust him yet or if it's like he just he didn't yeah, that was weird. Reason, like what that was. <laughs> but and 
he's just, you know, I'll go with it's he's still rusty, but like I'd be a little concerned if I was a yeah. Pirates fan because they probably had their chances to get in that game. Oh, for sure. And he just missed. And he just missed. That's, um, I wouldn't want to be paying $230 million to that dude right now. Oh, no. No. But, I mean, if you do get to Sean Watson of old, he is worth that. Definitely. Um, We can talk a little bit about the Crosstown shootout, though, of course. We're not a Browns podcast. Just give a little thoughts on the Browns. <laughs> um, Talk about the Crosstown shootout. I was there. That was the best college basketball game I've ever seen in person. Um, and as a media member, as a media member, I I had no preference on who wanted to win. I just wanted it to come down to the wire. To be honest, I kept, I kept telling Tim that the whole time. I just want a close game to the wire and, um, it delivered, it delivered. And you see hats off to them. That was a hell of an effort by them. They played their absolute hearts out. Um, toughed out that second half, man. I get, I understand. Soleil boom. Got fouled. He did. I don't know if you call it there. I, I I don't. I really don't. As a player, every time I was always taught growing up, you don't drive to the rim on a last second play. You don't because they never give you the foul call, and refs aren't consistent with it. They did call it there. It was a foul. It was 100% a foul. They should call it. I don't disagree with that. They definitely should. My thing is be consistent with it. Call it all the time that it's a foul when you get hacked at the end of the game is my thing. You know what I'm saying there? Because you get taught a lot of times growing up to take jump shots on the last second play because of that right there. You never get the call. Never. And the fact that they called it there was kind of like, eh, come on now. I feel like it has to just yeah, be so egregious a, to call it last second. I don't know. To me, if you're not, if it's not a foul in that portion of the game, it's not a foul in any portion of the game. Like I don't. But my thing is, that's what I'm saying. I want to see consistency out of ref. They don't I call mean, it ever. For, they never call those for, at the end of the game. For Boom, I thought it was consistent. Like, he had nine free throws this game. Like he, he was getting that call. He was getting calls. Yeah. He just... I don't know. I, we were talking about in the media room. A lot of us were like, do you call that there? Like, I know, I know it was a foul, but it's just like... It sucks when games come down to that. It really does. When a great game like that comes down to, like, getting a foul call at the end. I don't know. It's just I mean, kind of a... That's going for, though. Like... Yeah. It's not like he – I mean, he was definitely trying to draw the foul. Like, it's not like he looked into it the way he, he – Oh, yeah. I mean, David Julius was getting to everybody with that pump fake all night long. And I asked him in the presser yeah. about it. And the Julius said, like, yeah, I knew they were going to be really aggressive off those pump fakes, so I knew I could get to the line off those. And I don't know how – first of all, who fouled – it was Claude who fouled the Julius, right? I think so. Like, that – Yeah. What are you doing there? Keep a hand up. Don't get that close. That's like the number one rule if a team is down four. Like, get a decent contest. You don't have to get in his grill. If they hit it, who cares? Make free throws, you win. Like, seriously. Yeah. They'll have to come yeah, down like, and leave another three with five seconds. And if he hits that and ties it, go to overtime. Hats off to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, like, like the end result was okay, but that that almost cost If they would have lost, really that would have been a big deal. They would That, that would have been, been a big yeah. deal. That's the exact play you can point to. Because that's, like, literally one of the number one things they teach you, like, late situation basketball. If you're down four, every coach in the world will tell you, just get your hands up. Don't get too don't close foul. to them. Because, yeah. yeah, don't foul. Exactly. It's the last and thing if, you do in that if situation. He wants to t- why do you think teams, when somebody goes to the basket in that situation down four, why do you think they just let them get a layup? Or if a team's yeah, down exactly. three, if a team's down three and they take the quick two, why do you think they just let them score? That was a yeah, freshman mistake for foul. sure. 
Absolutely. Just yeah. The heat of the and he, he's a great player. Probably got to him, but yeah, that you can't do that. That definitely that's just rough. rough. I think that lost him some points with with Sean Miller for sure. Oh, for late game situations, yeah. Yeah. I uh, but, I asked Sean. Here, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I asked Sean in the presser. I asked him about um about if it was his game plan going in to not run a deep rotation because. His rotation only had 25 total minutes across the whole bench. Like the whole bench played a yeah. total of 25 minutes. Jerome Hunter led yeah. with like 11 minutes or something. And I, I think, think was Claude yeah. was nine or 10. And then he yeah. played like four guys, like 30 seconds each. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he said, he said, no, it wasn't the game plan, but he just really didn't trust many people outside that. He said he thought Jer- Jerome Hunter gave him really good minutes. And he thought Claude gave him really good that. minutes. But he said a couple of the guys who came in just made a mistake real quick, and then I had to pull him, and I know who he's talking about, Kai Kai Tandy, or Kiki Tandy. That's definitely who he's talking about. Cesar, too. Yeah. Kiki was just – me and Tim were like, he's either about to go off or he's going to get pulled quick if he does makes messes up because he's not staying in if he doesn't do something. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he wasn't staying in just to do nothing. Yeah, so we knew he was going to try something, and yeah. yeah. Brick. As soon as he checked, as soon as he checked in, he bricked that three, and then Nolly went right at him, and he committed the one as probably the second dumbest foul for Xavier in that. Yeah, game on that that play, that was I will was, say that that arena was awesome, awesome. Shout out Fifth Third Arena, shout out all you UC and Xavier fans. That place was awesome, awesome place to be at. They booed Satterfield, by the way, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Xavier fans that were in there, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. There's you see booed Satterfield. There's no way. <laughs> I promise you. I was there. Like they they booed him when they got introduced. What? I uh like yeah. I'm not kidding. They booed him when they when he got introduced, but then once he was like, let's kick Xavier's effing ass, then he got applauded. Like it was a mixture of boos and cheers. Boos were a little more prevalent. <laughs> No, nah, that the Xavier Xavier fan base didn't really travel too well for a right across the street game. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that place was I red. Could hear, the, could hear the chance though, so it wasn't totally wasn't a total loss. I don't, I don't know for for the amount of people there, like it was probably 10, 15, 20 percent Xavier, which I mean, for a crowd at five minutes away, that kind of shocked me. I thought it'd be more like 70, 30. Like, you looked at the sections, it was 90 percent red, few blue shirts mixed in. Yeah, Sean Miller's wife was just sitting in the middle of the crowd around a bunch of UC people. Xavier had their little section, it was right behind the bench where like a lot of family members, like I saw Kunkel's brothers were sitting right behind the bench and stuff, and his dad and mom. Yeah. Yeah, that little sea of blue right back there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where like back, most of. Yeah. But I, I was talking about like on the other side of the court. There was it was all red. <laughs> like I was kind of shocked. I thought, I don't know. I mean, UC obviously has a bigger fan base because they're a bigger school. Obviously, I mean that's just a given. But Xavier's, we all know Xavier's crowd is insane at home games, and their student section is nuts. That's what I was. I, that's why I was kind of. I kind of thought there'd be a little more, but obviously. UC fans are gonna try and get those tickets way before UC Xavier fans can even get in there, obviously. But that just kind of shocks me. I thought it'd be a little more split, crowd wise. Usually, usually they try to keep those out of the 
the other school's hands. Like UC usually doesn't get a ton of people at Centos either. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I hadn't been to a game. I was at the Crosstown shootout probably like, I think it was 2018 shootout. That was the last time I was at the Crosstown shootout. So it was the I last year of. Yeah. I went from 15 through 19 and then. You didn't, you didn't go didn't last go year? 20. I could, uh, I went did to, you go last year? I couldn't go to 20 and then I went last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was a hell of a game though. Um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about, just like off the bat, just another bad play before we get into the whole like game and everything, was uh <laughs> was the Kai Kai or Kiki Tandy. I always call him Kai Kai, Kiki Tandy that you talked about, that jump shot he shot. Um that's another you knew he was going to get chewed out. That's like the number one thing a coach tells you, like yeah. before you check in a game, like you don't just chuck up your first shot unless you're Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. Like you don't just come in and chuck up a three, get let the offense. Like, obviously if you have an open three within the offense, yeah, obviously, but like you get a dribble handoff, you just step it back, like off the, just rip through step back and then just shoot it mm-hmm. immediately. I don't know. You got some big balls for that one. Oh, there were, there <laughs> I were knew three, he was getting threes. chewed out. Three threes immediately from Xavier. I knew that they were gonna get like they were they were chewed. Miller was gonna get chewed out. Yeah, like um Cesar's, Kiki's, and Hunter's. Yeah, like you knew you knew those dudes were about to get ripped <laughs> when yeah. they went back to the bench. Like they, it's just those aren't good shots for them, especially uh, the yeah. two of them coming off the bench cold. And Hunter's just not a good shooter. And uh, Fremantle and uh, Lockin for UC both got dared to shoot, and they both just banged it. Just yeah. cash. I think Fremantle shot another and missed the other one, but the, his first three cashed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, which Nunji I thought would have shot a little better because – He I, shot a I lot of threes. Like I think he shot six. Six. Of six of yeah, them, two yeah. of six, right? Yeah. I honestly thought he would have made another one because it looked like to me at least that they were all within the flow of the offense – he was getting open ass looks and he's a pretty good shooter. So I yeah, yeah, I would have never had a problem with those shots if I was if I was Sean Miller. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously I'm not, but either. I just thought those were good shots. Down. Yeah. He's a good shooter, yeah. for sure. I will say I was I will say David Julius in that game with all there were yeah. so many scouts there. So many. Tim Hardaway was there. I don't know if you saw that. He scouts for the Knicks. I did not see that. He was yeah. he was sitting not too far from me, just a couple seats over. That was that was pretty pretty surreal slash weird. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? David Julius, Julius got himself. He's gonna get a contract somewhere in the world to play professional basketball for a long time. That dude yeah. is a pro. <laughs> he's he not an NBA good. player, but his skill set is impressive. Even those shots he missed, and. We've talked about this on the pod. He just can get his shot off at any time. He can get a decent look yeah. at any time with all those step backs and pump fakes he has. Like he's a professional mm-hmm. scorer somewhere. He can he can really he's polished. Really good nice game. Athletically not the greatest, but he's really polished with his skill set. And you can tell he works on his skill set a lot. Oh yeah. I said the matchup to watch would be Boom and DeJulius and It was behold, yeah. They were the like two they, best players in the in the game. Exactly. <laughs> and honestly, DeJulius is the game MVP. Because without yeah. the Julius, this is a blowout. Oh, he he had they were down and shout out Odie Oguama. Oguama too, very much the unsung Bald. hero. Unsung hero before he, he, into this he, game, but nine points. He played really good defense. Yeah. It, it, besides the fouls, he was pretty important to UC's comeback in that second half. Uh-huh. But the Julius man, that last 
there, there was just punches thrown back and forth that entire second half. And when Xavier went at the under four, the last media timeout, man, you would have thought maybe it was over. To Julius, man, totally kept – he willed them back in that game. How many points did he have in that, that 22. final four? Like oh, the final – the four, final four, he probably had – I think he had 15 with seven minutes or less. Like, seriously, I'm not even joking. Okay, so – It was seven, like 13 cause, or something. Because he hit because he hit those two threes in one-on-one of at least seven, those last two possessions for UC. But he – Yeah, he, he hit seven in like 10 seconds. Them. I forgot about that willed them back into that game man they could have very easily rolled over and died in that second half oh yeah julius did not let that happen nope blocking nope. blocking was good on offense too um it's part of that <clears throat> i'm not because i'm really not you're sure wanting to tr- that was him. you're wanting to diss jack nunji's defense right now a you little can. bit <laughs> a little bit yeah, you're wanting um, to i could tell but you're they, trying to be professional but they were Zach and Jack just weren't good defensively this game. Like Fremantle, I will had, say this: you know, was a good rebounder, so that kind of the, makes up for it. The thing that was a difference in this game and why UC got back in the game, in my opinion, you see in their conference a lot of times, Odia Guama has not been good this year. Uh, the games I have been at, he's not been good. He is a very good athlete, however, and he exposed the athleticism difference—just pure athleticism between him and those two guys. They are much more polished players, much better skill sets. They couldn't guard a pole out there the other day. like, And that was very evident during the late stages of that game. If you look, Oguama was plus 15 or plus 17 in his 24 minutes played. Yeah. And DeJulius' minutes, they were plus 9. In 33 minutes, plus nine. So the seven minutes that DeJulius wasn't on the court, they outscored Xavier by – or Xavier outscored them by 22. That's insane. Wait, what? Yeah. No, I mean, if he was plus nine and they lost by three, wouldn't it be 12? Oh, oh, sorry, 12. Bad math. I was thinking they (laughs) lost by 13. Good call, good call. But, yeah, is that not insane, though, still, 12? That is is nuts. That is is extremely – that's like like Jokic – last year for the Nuggets where he was like plus five and in, in 39 minutes. And then like the Nuggets well, were minus every time, every time checked and out, me, me and Tim would be like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, seriously, <laughs> we wanted him. Like we were like, I don't know. I'm kind of surprised Nolly had the most minutes for, for Hensley, like, Hensley for Hensley for UC was minus. I want to say minus 15 and nine minutes or 10 minutes. Well, he was bad. What was, what, Davenport's propped up by playing with DeJulius so much, but I feel like his was would have been low. Like Yeah, it Davenport wasn't did, he was cool. da- Davenport made a couple threes, but other than that, he was kind of a black hole this game. He yeah, he just much offensively he's, besides those two shots. The he's always playing right with there. effort. He's always gonna play with effort, but yeah, he didn't shoot the ball well or play yeah, he, he didn't play a sound skill wise game, honestly. No. He yeah, didn't. no. Um no. yeah, Hensley checked in the game and that was a a black hole a bit. Yeah. I talked about the podcast that he he needs to improve if he wants to consistently get minutes. And Wes Miller, I think Skillings should honestly just get all of his minutes, in my opinion, and they should just go one less in the rotation and give Skillings 20 minutes a game instead of giving both of them like yeah. 10. I honestly yeah. think so. I mean, it'll help your program moving forward as well because Skillings is – going to be a, a star here in my I think that kid's got a lot yeah. of potential and he'll be one of UC's best players moving forward. So I think yeah. he should definitely get those minutes cuz 
Hensley struggled bad. Like, mm -hmm. the, I think it was – I don't have the sheet up with me anymore, but when I had it earlier, I'm pretty sure it was 15, minus 15 in 12 minutes. It might have been minus 17. I might have got him and Oguama confused, and one of, it was, one of them was 17, one of them was 15. I don't remember which was which, but it was plus and minus. Yeah, it was bad. It was real bad. UC's bench did not give him much. Skillings didn't really play well. Claude didn't really play well, in my opinion, either. Mm -mm. Neither freshman I, really played well. Yeah, I think one guy off the bench had a good game for both teams. Like oh. It was Hunter and Oguama. Oh, Oguama. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were saying one total. I was like, yeah. I, I forgot Oguama came off the bench because how many minutes he played because the second half he didn't really come out because why would he? They saw early exactly. – that the advantage for them in the paint was, I mean, Xavier's a lot more skilled down there, and they're a lot bigger. So the thing they had to advantage is Aguama's a lot faster. And uh, exactly. he had the he might have had the greatest dunk I've ever seen in person. That was insane. Because <laughs> the thing that was crazy about that was Nunji was on his level, like elevation-wise. They were at the same. He bodied him. That was a yeah. full – that was a poster. Those ones where they get cut out the way – he went body to body and just out muscled him on that poster. That was crazy. <laughs> I, that, that was that one was, of the best dunks I've seen. That that definitely would be up there if I had seen that in person. There was one I forget how many years ago against Eastern Kentucky. I think it was Tyreek Jones had it for Xavier. Just went up mm -hmm. and absolutely got an alley <laughs> That that would be up there. That's that's but, nice. Um, that yeah, but that would Obama was he took advantage absolutely. I was kind of thinking that you know. Like, oh, he'll get in, he'll get his minutes, and they'll, you know, faster than them, but they're so much more skilled. Like, it'll offset whatever, and he'll get pulled. And, no, he really took advantage. I was impressed. Yeah, I, was very I agree. With him. I agree. Um, Yeah, crazy comeback by UC. That's really all I got on the shootout. You got anything else? Um, Where do they go from here? Like, I was looking at UC's schedule, and this looked like their last great opportunity besides Houston, maybe Memphis for wins. Like yeah, like UC's gonna like have to win a lot if they want to make bounds. the tournament. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I mean they didn't make the NIT last year. They might not even make the NIT to be honest with you. Um, they they looked a lot better though. I will say that they showed they, they can compete because yeah. Xavier's definitely the more. And for Xavier, they gotta they yeah. gotta fix things defensively. They gotta quit having run ups. Yeah, they gotta play a whole forty minutes of defense. Yeah, because offensively, I mean they're a really good offensive team. They are. Like a hundred percent. Defensively, they have some bad lapses where they just let people just drive right past them. <laughs> oh yeah. And they yeah, got they gotta be more they gotta be more uh what's wrong uh disciplined defensively. They, yeah, they do. those pump fakes, like that's the joy's pump fake so much, and he has a really good pump fake. Like he gets people in the air. Yeah. But like you know that in the scouting report, you gotta stay down on that. You can't keep jumping up. Not even just Desmond. Clark. How many and ones off that pump fit? He had like four in the second half. I swear. I think he had two layups and then the three. Yeah, so three, he, actually. Yeah, it, it was it was bad. You definitely need to stay disciplined on defense because you're right. Xavier offensively, I mean, they had an off day and those they still shot thirty forty five, thirty five, and seventy five. Like that is still a good. That's a good offensive day. And it was still I, I will say this, Xavier. I know. I know this. I know he's the better option. I think Kunkel should come off the bench uh, 
to give him a better spark off the bench. I like him better as a bench player. Give him some of those minutes when Colby and Sule are getting rest. Make sure he's in there as the number one option. I feel like he can be more of a spark plug off the bench as a starter. You have so much firepower on that starting lineup, you need a little firepower off the bench, in my opinion. The problem is, though, yeah. Kiki is struggling, and that's who would replace him in the starting yeah, lineup. Ki- or Claude. Kiki's, I think he's done. And I Claude think, isn't really... done after this week. He's, Oh, he's transferring too for sure. I mean, I mean he's he's, he's not going to be at his fourth year. Yeah, like yeah, but you still he hasn't he has another he has he has two more years COVID of eligibility. Year, COVID year, right? And, and he right, missed all of last right, season. Year. Yeah, he missed all last year. Yeah. yeah, so he has two more years of eligibility. I think he'll play six years of college. He he's gone after this year. He's going to go somewhere else. Yeah, and he's I, I think and he hasn't really capitalized. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I don't think I don't think Kiki. Kiki might have a hell of a two season somewhere else because I think he just needs a change of scenery. That's just what I th- I think he's a really talented basketball player. I think he needs a change of scenery. I think his confidence is really down. I mean, when you're uh, getting invited to every camp in the world, getting invited to Pangos, getting invited to top 100 camps, and then you're not even getting minutes in your fourth year of college and you've been hurt most of your college career, it's frustrating for sure. Yeah, And absolutely. he's definitely lost some confidence because he's not the same player – everybody thought they had when he can't commit to Xavier. Obviously he was supposed to be like the superstar of this program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it didn't end I up mean, like, like that for him. Yeah. With Tandy, I think that this is his last year at X. I don't think there's any two ways about that. Um, oh yeah. He'll, he'll be somewhere Kunkel, else. Next year. With the Kunkel point though, I don't hate it, but I need the fresh develop and grow up kind of quickly. Yeah. You need Claude to be able to start. You need Claude, maybe maybe not even able to start because you need that point guard off the bench too, and be able to play overlaps and minutes with Boom. But you need Cam Craft, man, to figure it out. Like he he's such a good scorer in high school, and he doesn't he he just needs to get comfortable. I think because he doesn't seem like he's playing with confidence out there. That was one thing he I, did I, I don't, lack in high school. Yeah, I don't know if he has the athleticism to play right now at all i'm gonna be honest i uh i think i saw him he's athletic enough i did see him attempt a dunk and miss because he wasn't high enough in warm-ups and i was like that's a little rough <laughs> like it wasn't a back of the rim yeah, but that's, it wasn't that's a back of the rim threw it off the back of the rim that's warm-ups yeah, that's but, when you're jumping at your highest that's when you have so much adrenaline Yes, necessarily. necessarily. I will say that. No, not I, I don't know any, anybody I've ever talked to says that the highest they will jump is a rivalry game warmups. Anybody would say that. You're so amped up, you have so much adrenaline, you will jump your highest. Because think um, about it. I watched, I watched the look. I, I I saw Quentin Gooden miss warm up dunks. Okay, like he was. I'm saying I'm saying I'm not saying missing a warm up dunk because like they're throwing off the back of the rim. I'm talking about like not getting high enough is what I'm talking about. That's why that's when I saw good in this too. Like it's just it happens. I don't I don't I yeah. don't think there's much to take away from it. I don't know. Um yeah but I don't really have anything else on the shootout. You got anything? No that I think that's all I got. Okay. Um yeah that was a great shootout. Definitely a good 90th yeah. anniversary of it. Yep. Like Donnie said Cam Craft needs to needs to get better fast because they need bench minutes desperately. And I agree yeah. with that. If they want to win the Big East or make a they're run not, the tournament. They're not winning the Big East. 
I don't think so either. It's the best team in the country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But they're they're talented. They they could definitely make a run in the Big East tournament, make a run in the tournament. But they got to get depth. And I agree with Donnie. They need people to grow up fast because it doesn't look like the veterans off the bench are really doing much on the perimeter. Hunter's really the only reliable person they even have on their bench at all. Yeah, like, <laughs> and becoming usable would be huge for that, would be huge for Xavier. That gives you yeah. pieces you could play in Big East play. That's what you need. Yeah. Claude definitely is further along than Kraft for sure. Oh, yeah, but 100%. Neither, neither's blowing you away right now with their performance so far. No. But it is early in their careers, and they can definitely get better fast. I agree with Absolutely. that 100%. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah, good day, though. Good podcast. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys enjoyed episode number 31. Uh, And yeah, we'll see you on the next one. See you guys.